0: This is DW News, live from Berlin. The crisis over Ukraine escalates, the US is moving 3,000 troops to beef up its presence in Europe. Russia denounces the deployment as destructive and likely to increase tensions even further. A warning from scientists, Greenland is warming faster than anywhere else on the planet and faster than ever before. Experts say time is running out to stop it. And have people had enough of Facebook? The sites reported a drop in daily users for the first time ever. Its parent company sees shared prices plummet and blames tough pressure from rivals. Also, just a day to go before the Winter Olympics begin in Beijing, but worries over China's poor human rights record could push sport to the sidelines. I'm Gerhard Elfers, thanks for joining us. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz has said he plans to meet with Russian President Vladimir Putin to discuss tensions over Ukraine. Scholz has been facing pressure to take a tougher stance on Russia, with critics accusing Germany of being out of step with its allies in tackling the crisis. He's now trying to reassure
1: people that Germany is indeed pulling its weight. Of course, I have also spoken with the Russian president, and of course, we are carefully preparing everything that needs to be done. I will now be going to the US, and I will be continuing the conversation on the necessary issues in Moscow soon. It's important that the policies of the European Union and NATO are coordinated, but it's also important that the decisions that we take are the result of sound preparation and hard work.
0: German Chancellor Olaf Scholz speaking there and our political correspondent Julia Sardelli is standing by for some analysis. Julia, what's known about the upcoming visit of the Chancellor to Moscow?
2: We don't have that many details. Uh, Schultz said it would happen soon, so we expect it maybe to happen uh, after uh, Schultz's trip to uh, Washington DC to meet with President Joe Biden, uh, which is happening at the beginning of next week. Um, Schultz has said that he has been in communication with Putin, and this is an important point because there um, is some dissatisfaction in Germany with Schultz's role, with Schultz's presence. Uh, Some say he's- have been missing in action in the last few days. And so he had to make clear that, yes, he is in communication with Putin. And yes, he is working on uh, trying to find a peaceful solution to uh, the tensions and the situation between Russia and uh, Ukraine. And this visit to Putin comes probably at at an important time uh, for Scholz to reassure both people in Germany and uh, Germany's allies abroad that uh, he is not missing in action, that Germany is there, and that it is also working together with with its allies. It's also a time for Scholz to uh, show Putin uh, where Germany stands at the moment uh, with the new government. At the, uh, until now, only the Foreign Minister Annalena Baerbock met with her counterpart Lavrov in uh, Moscow, and. Uh, We've, we know that Angela Merkel, the previous chancellor, had a good working relationship with Putin all along. So now it's time for Olaf Scholz to show Putin where he stands.
1: Well,
0: did Scholz manage to clearly communicate where he stands yesterday?
2: He reiterated Germany's position or his government's position that it's held for the last few weeks with a focus on diplomacy. Scholz said that any violation of Ukraine's uh, territorial integrity and sovereignty will uh, have a high price tag, something that we've heard time and time again. And he said that Germany is going to work as hard as it can to uh, try to prevent any aggression uh, from Russia. And he also put a focus on uh, economic support for Ukraine to try to make Ukraine as economically independent as possible. Uh, There has been no mention of any uh, delivery of weapons or any other kind of measure because the position of the government is to not deliver weapons to Ukraine at the moment.
0: Our political correspondent Julia Sardelli there. Thank you, Julia. Meanwhile, the U.S. is mobilizing 3,000 troops to reassure its allies in Eastern Europe in the face of ever-growing tensions with Russia. The U.S. soldiers will not be sent to Ukraine itself, but to Germany, Poland and Romania to deter Russia from invading Ukraine. The Kremlin says the troop movement will only increase tensions, but Washington has decided to stop calling an invasion imminent, saying Russia's intentions are still unclear.
3: Another day, another increase in tension over Ukraine. The US is sending 2,000 soldiers to Poland and Germany, while another 1,000 move from Germany to Romania. The current situation demands that we reinforce the deterrent and defensive posture on NATO's eastern flank. President Biden has been clear that the United States will respond to the growing threat to Europe's security and stability. Our commitment to NATO, Article 5, and collective defense remains ironclad." The Pentagon made it clear that no U.S. soldiers will fight in Ukraine. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said diplomacy comes first, but no options are off the table. We only think about peace. We only think about the return of our occupied territories, and only through diplomacy. We will not give up a single piece of our land today. We will not give up our territories, no matter what the price. Despite Zelensky's reassurances, others are preparing to do battle if it comes to a fight. Former boxing champion Vladimir Klitschko signed up for the army. His brother Vitali accompanied him in a show of support. We are not weak,
0: and any aggressor have to understand. If they
4: do it, activity, aggressive activity against Ukraine, they have to pay huge price for that. We're ready to fight.
3: Leaked documents confirmed by the Pentagon revealed the backroom diplomatic efforts to avoid war. The US offered Russia access to inspect key military sites in return for a de-escalation. Russia says it has no intention to invade Ukraine, But these pictures released by Russia's defense ministry, showing joint combat drills with Belarus, send a clear message. Russia
0: is not backing down. LDW correspondent Nick Connolly is uh, standing by in in Kiev, Ukraine. Uh, Nick, the uh, U.S. has dialed back its rhetoric, no longer saying that an invasion of Ukraine is imminent. How is that being received where you are?
5: Well, I think the important thing to stress here is that that decision is not based on a change in the intelligence. That is, basically, at the request of the Ukrainian side, who so had this extraordinary situation where the whole world's press was focusing its attention on Ukraine and its borders with Russia, that Russian troop build-up. Um, talks of uh, weapons from the US and other Western allies to Ukraine. And at the same time, you had Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky going out and basically downplaying the whole threat, wanting to talk about other things, uh, releasing lots of kind of upbeat video messages to people here in Ukraine saying they shouldn't go and panic buy, shouldn't go and buy essential supplies, and should instead concentrate on getting on with their lives. Um, I think this is basically due to Ukraine being very worried that any further talk of escalation, any further talk maybe of mobilization of reservists here in Ukraine could cause a wave of panic, people to do unforeseen things, and actually hinder Ukraine in its efforts to prepare for any kind of conflict with Russia. So you had basically a request from Kiev to uh, Washington at the same time as asking for support to please dial down the rhetoric and you know, help us to calm things down uh, on the home front. Mm.
0: So as we heard earlier, uh, Germany's Chancellor Olaf Scholz uh, will visit Moscow. Is there any reaction to that in uh, Ukraine?
5: Well, it's certainly going to be lots of eyes here in Kiev on that visit and what is said there. I think obviously throughout this uh, crisis, Ukraine has been uh, expecting and indeed in some cases demanding much clearer positioning from Berlin on that, harder words and uh, even more plans on potential sanctions against Moscow ahead of any potential uh, Russian intervention here in Ukraine. That hasn't happened. Germany has refused to supply defensive weapons to Ukraine, something that's caused a lot of disappointment. So I think in terms of the bigger picture, I think Germany alone will not be able to give the Russians the guarantees on NATO enlargement that they want. But I think the the central topic here is Nord Stream 2, that gas pipeline uh, leading from Russia to Germany where the Ukrainians say they want that to be dead in the water, whatever happens. that If it ever goes on stream, that will be a threat to Ukraine and security will make it easier for Russia to destabilize Ukraine if it doesn't need Ukraine as a transit country for gas. Um, Unlikely, based on what we know for now, that the Germans will uh, satisfy those Ukrainian expectations. Hmm.
0: So there's a lot of shuttle diplomacy going on uh, right now. Today, Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan is due there in Kiev. What does Ukraine's government want uh, from that
5: visit? I think in in a word drones. Um, the Ukrainians have been buying uh, ever more uh, military kit from Turkey and especially the Bayraktar drones, military drones that were used first time uh, in Donbass last autumn. Um, I think the Russian government was slightly taken aback by how successful, how effective they were in combat and um, seemingly behind closed doors has done as much as it can to prevent Turkey supplying Ukraine with more of those drones. Um, and I think for, for the Turkish side this is about showing that Turkey is a diplomatic player in this part of the world. We've seen Turkey um, involved on the side of Azerbaijan against Armenia in that conflict over Nagorno-Karabakh last year and that's something the Kremlin definitely doesn't want to see Turkey uh, throwing its diplomatic muscle around in this part of the world which it sees as its backyard Um, we've heard from uh, Ankara them offering themselves as mediators between Ukraine and Russia, Russia rejecting that for now, so Erdogan really showing presence here and um, potentially coming with some drones in tow for the Ukrainian army
0: Our correspondent Nick Connolly in Kiev there, thank you Nick Let's have a quick look at some of the other stories making headlines today. For the first time in almost two years, New Zealand will begin reopening its borders from the end of February. Under the new rules, vaccinated citizens entering the country still have to self-isolate, but can do that at home instead of in hotel quarantine. Northern Ireland's agriculture minister has ordered an end to all post-Brexit checks on trade with the rest of the UK. Britain and the EU are currently talking about reforming the Northern Ireland Protocol. Ireland says any unilateral change to that agreement is a breach of international law. Benny Gantz has become the first Israeli defence minister to visit Bahrain. It's the latest high-profile diplomatic trip since the country's normalised ties. Israel's reconciliation with several Arab nations broke with decades of Arab League consensus against recognizing Israel until it signs a peace agreement establishing a Palestinian state. Well, shares in Facebook owner Meta plunged by around 20% in after-hour trading, On Wednesday, knock in a massive $200 billion of the company's value. Chief Executive Mark Zuckerberg had warned investors in a call earlier that Meta expected first quarter revenues to decline due to competition from rivals such as TikTok. If the stock doesn't rebound before trading resumes on Thursday, it will rank as the worst day in the company's 10-year stock market tenure and one of the biggest one-day falls of any company on record. Let's get some more of this from Rob Watts from DW Business. Uh, Rob, what's what's going wrong
6: there at Facebook? We're witnessing a real turning point for the original social media giant because for the first time in its 18-year history, it's seeing the number of people using its platform fall in the three months towards the end of... Last year, around a million fewer people were using Facebook every day than they were in is the, a lot? the previous three months. Well, in the grand scheme of Facebook, no, it's not. 1.9 billion people use Facebook every day. But the thing is, it's not the fact that it is a falling number. It's, well, that it's a big falling number. It's the fact that it is a falling number because Facebook in its entire history has only seen the number of people using its site, Increase And why is it doing that? Well, Mark Zuckerberg's been pretty clear about it, quite frank about it, really, saying that they are losing particularly younger users to platforms like TikTok and YouTube because people's tastes are changing. And there's more bad news for Meta in that their revenues are also slowing. Why is that? It's because they're making less money from advertising, which has always been a big money spinner for them. The reason for that, well, there's there's many of them. If they're losing people, obviously, using the site, then they're making less money. Also, companies are advertising a bit less at the moment because supply chain problems means they're already struggling to meet the demand that they've currently got. The last thing they want to do is attract more users. Um, But but there are also problems with privacy as well. Like, uh, privacy policies that have been introduced, for example, by Apple are are taking a real toll on the likes of Facebook. In fact, Facebook reckons it's going to take a $10 billion hit from the Apple privacy policy changes alone this year. So... Let's talk about the impact these messages uh, had on on the market. Yeah. So, as you mentioned, 20%, in fact, 22% wiped off the value of Meta's shares in after-hours trading on Wall Street, which is, you know, a vast, vast drop. It represents, as you mentioned, $200 billion, which is bigger than the economy of Greece. You know, this is a, a huge value drop and something that has, really spooked the markets in general, not just Facebook. It's had a knock-on effect for other social media. We saw shares in Twitter fall. We, we saw shares in Snap fall. We saw shares in Pinterest all go down because they're starting to see that if growth is slowing at Facebook, then we are really seeing a, a change in how people use social media in general.
1: Well,
0: that's a good, a good point. The face of social media is really changing. Um,
6: does Zuckerberg, has, has, does he have a plan for that? Well... The change of the name towards the end of last year from Facebook to Meta of the parent company is a really big hint that they're not pinning their future hopes on the platform Facebook itself. It's also a huge hint as to what they are pinning their hopes on, which is this concept of the metaverse, this virtual reality world where we can all move around, playing, meeting people, working, but most importantly, consuming, Mm -hmm. buying things. that's, that's a, a, you know, a, a great idea and something we can all imagine happening in the future, but we are only imagining it at the moment, and it's going to require a huge amount of investment. Facebook already invested $10 billion in this concept last year, but it's going to need lots more, and that makes it a real gamble because that investment isn't going to pay off for many years yet.
0: Rob Watts, DW Business. Thank you very much, Rob. But even before Friday's official opening, the Beijing Winter Olympics are mired in controversy. Concerns about human rights abuses and the rising number of coronavirus cases are casting a shadow over the games. The Olympic torch relay has already completed its first circuit, with more than 500 bearers carrying the flame through the Chinese capital. Almost 3,000 athletes will be competing for sporting glory, but some are worried the competitions themselves are at risk of becoming a sideshow.
7: Billions have been invested into making sure Beijing 2022 is successful. Sports fans can enjoy over 100 events across a range of disciplines, but the build-up to these games has been about so much more than sport. Politics, for instance. Some nations have declared a diplomatic boycott over human rights issues, including the US and Great Britain. They will send competitors, but no ministers or officials. Environmental concerns have also been raised, with organisers reportedly spraying more than a million cubic metres of artificial snow onto competition sites. China has been criticised over the impact of this process. Meanwhile, organisers have threatened athletes with punishments for any behaviour or expression that they deem to be in breach of Chinese law, and will expect the IOC to rigorously enforce its own rules limiting protests.
4: In the Olympic Charter,
7: there are very strict rules.
4: So for the medal ceremonies, and during the competitions,
7: they cannot express their opinions.
4: But at other occasions,
7: like at press conferences or during interviews, the athletes are free to express their opinions, but they need to be responsible for what they say. Due to Covid, athletes and journalists will be kept in secure bubbles, while no spectator tickets will be sold to the public. Organisers say health and safety are paramount. Of course, Covid countermeasures are still on top of our agenda. We have been taking effective measures and everything is under control. Without a safe Games, there would be no Games, so we will make sure that the health and safety of all participants is our top priority. More than 30 new COVID cases were reported to Olympic authorities on Wednesday alone. And, as many feared, athletes are seeing their preparation disrupted by tight quarantining rules. After coming into contact with someone who tested positive last week, Belgian skeleton racer Kim Melemans has shared the distress this has caused her on social media.
2: Some of you have read the good news that I was uh, sent out of the isolation facility. We thought this meant I was allowed to return to the Olympic village and will be treated maximum as a close contact. Um, On the way to the village, uh, we did not turn to the village, but the ambulance went to another facility where I am now.
7: The IOC has since promised to return Melamans to the Olympic Village, but such distressing episodes could have consequences on performances. As expected, the pandemic is proving to be one of many headaches for organisers of Beijing 2022. Joining
0: me now from Beijing is Jonathan Crane from DW Sports. Jonathan, you've been in Beijing now for a couple of days. What's it been like living in the Olympic bubble?
4: I have to say it's been a very surreal experience, like nothing I've experienced before. From the moment we landed in Beijing on Tuesday, we were greeted at the airport by ground staff in hazmat suits, marshaled through every step of the airport from PCR tests to uh, customs and immigration. And then we had to wait in our hotel room for that all-important negative test result. Thankfully, I got it, which means uh, I can enter the bubble properly. But the bubble is effectively a city within this city. We can only be in the hotel or games venues. Special transport takes us in between. And as you can see behind me, the Olympic Stadium is there. This is as far as we can go within this media compound. We're gated off. We're watching the people on the other side. They're watching us. It's a really bizarre situation, Gerhard.
0: Uh, these, These aren't the first games to take place during the coronavirus pandemic. Have you had the feeling that Beijing was able to learn from Tokyo?
4: I think in many ways, Tokyo was the blueprint and Beijing has taken that and they will say improved on it. The bubble is certainly far stricter here. Don't forget China has a zero COVID policy. It wants to stop the spread of the virus, eradicate it completely. So what that means in practice, for these Olympics are we are completely sealed off. Whereas in Tokyo, there was a bubble. The bubble though had holes, local staff could come and go and all participants could actually leave the bubble after two weeks. We have to be within it for the entire uh, time of the Olympics, we're closely watched. It's it's impossible to to leave it really. We're sealed in at our hotel, it's gated off. It really hits home. That gate only opens to allow transport to to, uh, come and go. And IOC President (laughs) Thomas Bach today, they've been having their big meeting today. He was talking about the Olympic ideals and the Olympic values. and He said, uh, the Olympics is about always building bridges, never erecting walls. Well, I think the irony of that probably hasn't been lost on the people here.
0: Now, especially for the athletes, how, how, has, it been, how has it been for them to prepare under these conditions?
4: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Not only have they had to worry about preparing for their event, they've also been very worried about the coronavirus. Athletes we spoke to uh, before they came to Beijing were terrified of testing positive once they got here, even though they would have had two negative tests to arrive. China has a higher threshold for coronavirus tests. So they were really worried about testing positive and being in an isolation facility. And that really was underscored last night. The uh, Belgian uh, skeleton racer, Kim Marlemans, posted a really emotional video on Instagram. She was crying because she tested positive when she arrived. She was in an isolation facility, and then she thought after testing negative, she was gonna be allowed back into the Olympic Village. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case initially. She was taken to another facility. She didn't know what was going on. Eventually, after posting her video, which got a lot of attention, she was then taken to the Olympic Village and is in a separate isolation room in the Olympic Village. But really, other athletes will be looking at her and thinking, I hope I don't end up in that situation. It's a really precarious situation for them. Four years of hard work potentially could be down the drain.
0: Jonathan Crane from Beijing. Thank you, Jonathan. New data released this week by Danish researchers shows that Greenland's massive ice sheet has lost enough ice in the past 20 years to cover the entire United States with half a meter of water. The Arctic is warming faster than any other place else on Earth and ice melting away from Greenland is now the main contributing factor in rising seawater levels.
8: On the front line of climate change. Current studies show Greenland's rapid melt is helping push up global sea levels. They've risen by an average of 1.2 centimeters around the globe.
1: The Arctic Ocean, especially, is warming up. That's led to this dramatic melting of ice. The ice sheet at the top of Greenland is actually continuing to grow, but the ice lower down is melting away much quicker than what's growing on top.
8: This NASA model shows just how rapidly it's happening. Since 2002, 4.7 billion tonnes of ice have melted away from Greenland's coasts. That's enough to put the whole of the United States under half a metre of water. Rising sea levels are a threat to us all.
1: The islands of the Pacific, countries like Bangladesh, but also here in Germany. It also plays a role for the German coastline. We're already strengthening our defenses. It all costs a lot of money, and so we're also affected by the rise in sea levels.
8: Climate researchers are warning that time is running out. They're urging politicians to act now. Greenland's glaciers are melting six to seven times faster than they were 25 years ago and an end to that development is nowhere in sight.
0: Meanwhile, a major snowstorm is causing widespread disruption in in parts of the United States, but some are actually reveling in that cold weather. This polar bear in a Chicago zoo can't seem to get enough of the fresh, powdery stuff. Hudson, as he's called, is clearly in his element. The state of Illinois and parts of northern Indiana are expecting up to 45 centimeters by the end of Thursday. And Hudson's gonna love it. You're watching DW News. Here's a reminder of the top stories we're following for you. The Pentagon is sending 3,000 troops to Eastern Europe as the Ukraine crisis escalates further. Their force will beef up the American presence in the region. Russia has denounced the True buildup as destructive, saying it's likely to increase tensions. Shares at the tech company Meta, which owns Facebook, have plummeted more than 20%. Social media company blamed competition from rivals as Facebook re- reported a drop in its numbers of daily users for the first time ever. And that's it from me and the news team. For now, don't go away. Focus on Europe is up next. And there's, of course, A lot more world news as well as sports and business and entertainment on our website, dw.com. I'll have an update for you at the top of the hour. Gerhard Elfes, thanks for watching. one continent 700 million people all with their own personal stories europe we explore everyday life what europeans fear and what they hope for focus on europe next on dw Enter the Conflict Zone with Tim Sebastian.
4: There's mounting international concern over tens of thousands of Russian troops dug in along the border with Ukraine. We talked this week to a respected foreign policy analyst in Moscow, Fyodor Lukyanov. Has the West misunderstood Russia's position and just how dangerous is the current situation?
0: Conflict Zone in 60 Minutes on DW.
6: Learn German with DW. At any time, in any place. Using news, video novellas. Ich habe eine Zusage für das Praktikum. Songs to sing along to and download.
1: Sie ist der Komparativ vom Superlativ. Man sieht sie oft in ihrem Duden verteilt.
6: Our varied courses full of interactive exercises are available at dw.com slash deutschlernen on Facebook or in the App Store. Learn German for free with DW.